Good morning. Let's open our Bibles, Genesis 32. Hope some of you remember to read ahead so that you'd be prepared for today. Uh, last time we talked about Jacob being on the run and, and all the things that he felt, uh, you know, the, the change and the fear and the loneliness and, and maybe regret. You know, he had this whole thing going on with his dad and his brother Esau wanted to kill him. And so he's, he has to leave. And he leaves there and he has nothing. I mean, he literally has nothing. The clothes on his back, that's pretty much it. But as he leaves, God meets him on the road. And God gives him promises. He promises him descendants, he promises him the land, he promises that all peoples on earth would be blessed through him. He promises that he would go with Jacob wherever he went. And he promised also that he would bring him back to the land. That God would finish what he started. We saw at the end of that chapter 28 that Jacob said, okay, well, if God will do all those things, and then he added some extra stuff too, then... The Lord will be my God. He, he wasn't quite at that place, but he was going through this thing. It, then, if God, if you will do all that, then I'll make you my God. Interesting, isn't it? Making deals with God. Well, he was kind of a deal maker, anyways. You know, Jacob, his name means what? Heel catcher. He's a kind of a you know manipulator, grab onto other people's stuff and and want it for himself. So today, now we're in chapter 32 today, and this is, this is now 20 years later. Now, his mom said, I'll, you know, when things calm down, I'll call for you, and you can come back. Well, guess what? His mother never called, and his mother, in fact, passed away while he's there 20 years later now. But, but all kinds of stuff happened while he was over there. Basically, a lot more drama, a lot more dysfunction, a lot more of the same. A lot more deceit. And his uncle Laban, which, you know, uh, I guess it ran in the family perhaps. So she, you know, his, his mother was, you know, brought about this big deception of, of her husband. And, and now he went to her brother Laban and he brought all kinds of deception and, and drama to Jacob where he went. So uh, his uncle Laban did to him just what he did to Esau, tricked him. So now... He got out of there. He's got, he's got a bunch of stuff now. He's got a bunch of kids, a bunch of family. And now he's on his way back. He said, I got I to gotta get out of here finally. So I got to get out of Dodge and go back. Remember, God had promised, I'm going to bring you back to the land. But Esau still, he's, you know, th this guy, he's kind of operating on his own principles, on his own merits, on his own, you know, abilities. And that's kind of what we see. And it, it kind of goes back and forth with this guy. And sometimes we do that too. Well, I'll do it for a while. God, you can rest for a while. I'll take care of this. And then what happens? We have to cry out. So anyways, he's back on, he, he, he's on his way back to face Esau and and he's kind of fearful, even though it's been 20 years. You know, you, you can't make phone calls and find out, well, is Esau still mad at me? Does he still want to kill me? He never heard from his mom. 
But he knew it was time to go back. And so he's got this fear. He's got his, this distress. A lot of the same things that he had when he left. Kind of things didn't change much. Warren Wearsby said Jacob was about to meet up with his forgotten past. The geography couldn't erase it. And 20 years couldn't erase it. So he's, he's kind of going back now to face up to the stuff that, that he left behind. Isn't that always true? You know, we, we think, well, I'm going to get out of there and, and get away from all that and, and, and hope that, you know, it'll just go away. But does it go away? No, we'll, we'll see. Things had changed uh, for Esau and Jacob, as we'll see in a minute. But, but he didn't know that. And he's got a face up to it. So let's pick up in Genesis 32, verse 1 and 2. It says, Jacob also went on his way. And the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. Now, that's kind of like what happened when he was leaving, right? He, had the, he saw this dream or vision of angels going up and down on the, the stairway into heaven. And God showed him that God was, was available and God was working in heaven and earth. You know, there was a connection between heaven and earth. And, and, and he sees angels now, the angels of God. He says, this is the camp of God. God is here. God is still with him. Even though this is a brand new phase of his life, God was still with him, even on this phase, 20 years later. Some of us, you know, 20 years, that's a long time, but, you know, it goes by quick, doesn't it? All of a sudden, 20 years later, now he's heading back. Verse 3 we see Jacob, heel catcher. He sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Sarah. Now, just remember, he, he just saw angels, the angels of God. But he sends messengers ahead to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, in the, the country of Edom. And he instructed them, this is what you are to say to my master Esau. Your servant, Jacob, says... I have been staying with Laban and, and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, men servants and maidservants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. What is he doing here? He's going you know, to try to hedge his bets a little bit, send some messengers out ahead to maybe make the situation a little better. Someone said he's trying to protect himself by his own devices. Has, has Jacob changed much in 20 years? Not really. Hasn't changed much at all. It doesn't appear anyways. And that's kind of what this passage is really about, is, is Jacob's life and how he does change. But, but notice this, he left with nothing, and now he has all kinds of stuff. So he's kind of, you know, he says, he says to Esau, you know, you're my master now, and even though... The promise was that the younger would be served by the older. But he says, I, you know, look at verse 6. This makes it even worse. The messengers, they came back. Would have been better if he never sent them out because they came back and they said, we went out to meet your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. Would have been better for him not to know that. Sometimes we find out stuff we shouldn't know because we're, we're meddling in, in the future, we're trying to get inside information. 
So in great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. And he thought, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that's left may escape. So again, this you know, dividing the people into groups, I'm, you know, this is my new plan, I'm going to make this plan. His mother had a lot of plans, and, and they you know, weren't all that great, but he kind of got that from her, perhaps. But notice, he's got this fear, he's got distress. So what does he do? This is a good thing now in verse 9, it says, Then Jacob prayed. Are you facing fear and distress? It's time to pray. You know, we have people up here after church if ready to pray for you. If you have something you need to pray about, come. They'll pray for you. They don't even need to know all the details. they just pray for you. They'll pray with you. Jacob prayed. He said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. He said, I am unworthy of all the kindness and the faithfulness that you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. I want you to notice there, he, he kind of stops short, doesn't he? He says, O God of my father Abraham, O God of my father Isaac. He says, O Lord, but he doesn't say, My God, at least not at this point in time. But he, there is a, a sense of humility there. There is, there is a, a re, kind of reminding God of his promises there, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because God will keep his promises and he will keep his word. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves what God's promises are. God hadn't forgotten what his promises are. Pastor Chuck said we need to take God at his word and stand on his promises. And that's, that's kind of what we see Jacob doing here today. Verse 11, he says, save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid that he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So Jacob, again, he, he's got this fear and he cries out to the Lord, save me. Sometimes that's the only prayer that we can make. Have you ever been in that situation that, that, that you, you, don't, you don't have a whole long prayer that you can pray? It's just, Lord, help. And I believe God hears those prayers, but the fear that he had was... That he, that he was honest with God about it. Now, God already knows. God already knows about you and I, the fears and the distress that we're under that we face. But something happens when we pray. Something changes. And, and sometimes it's us that gets changed, right? Because we, we confirm, we, we confess what God already knows and we, we go to him as the one who can help us. Jacob, he, you know, he'd done all his stuff, and, and he's going to do it again. He's going to do it more. But he knew that God was the one that could help him. God was the one who had made all these promises. Verse 13, and he spent the night there. And from what he had with him, he, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young 
40 cows and 10 bulls and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Do you think he's trying to manipulate the situation just a little bit? Like that's like whole herds, herds and herds of, of these gifts coming. And he put them in the care of his servants and each herd by itself and said to his servants, go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, when my brother Esau meets you and asks, to whom do you belong and where are you going? And who owns all these animals in front of you? Like, what is this all about? Then you are to say to Jacob, they, then you are to say they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. And he also instructed the second and the third and all the others who followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him and be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. And later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gift went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. Back to his own strategies. Trying to, trying to help God out. Does God need his help? There's, there's just still, you know, he, he prays, but there's still the kind of a disconnect. And, 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 and we'll see that he kind of goes back and forth. And, but isn't that true of us as well? We, we have at times where we have this faith, we're trusting God. And other times we're trusting in, our, in ourselves and our own abilities and what, what we can bring about. And then we have to realize, oh, that didn't work, so i got to go back to trusting God again because that's the only one that's going to be able to save me and help me through this trouble and distress and fear and all the things that this life has for us. Verse 22, that night, Jacob got up, and he took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. He sends his family ahead now. He sends his stuff ahead, his suitcases, whatever he had. He sends that all ahead. I'm, I'm wondering, why, why is he doing that now? It's kind of like maybe he needs a little alone time or something. But he's there alone. And that's what we see in verse 24. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Jacob was left alone. This man, who's this man he's talking about? Well, later in the chapter, we're going to see this man was God himself. But he's alone now. Sometimes God has to get us alone completely by ourselves to deal with us because the truth of the truth of it is ultimately it's between me and God ultimately it's between you and God it's not this whole group we're not you know we don't get saved as a group here in this crowd it's you get saved by yourself on your own you're not going to go to heaven because Calvary Chapel had people who believed there. You're going to go to heaven because you believe, because you have given your heart and life to Jesus. Ultimately, it's between me and God. You know, when you get to the end of your life, however that happens, it's going to be just you and Him. 
I've seen it so many, many times. You know, been there with, with people who are, you know, at the end of their lives, and 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 I I count it like a, a holy privilege for me to be there, at these at these holy moments when when people are leaving this life. And, and but I've seen it where, where you know they'll be communicating, and then they'll gradually less and less and less communication takes place, and it's like just them and God then. That's really what, what it is. It's us and God. But Jacob, he, he, he's alone now. He's out there. But it says that a man wrestled with him until break, uh, daybreak. And this man, God, he kind of started it. It says the man, the man wrestled with him. Now, he wrestles back. Yeah, definitely, for sure. But, but the man initiated it. And I believe God, when he wants to do something, he, he has to get us to that place where he's going to, He's going to get involved in this match with us. It's a wrestling match. And Jacob's a wrestler. Jacob, that that term kind of fits him too, right? Jacob, the heel catcher, the wrestler. He's kind of like, he's going to make these moves or whatever. I looked up the the basic fundamentals of wrestling. I I never wrestled before. Well, maybe not, not like wrestling wrestling i wrestled with people before but 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 jacob you know he, he he's gonna he's gonna work on this and this this whole sport any of you ever wrestle like as a sport larry you're too big to wrestle <laughs> i'm not gonna wrestle you for sure but you know it's all about things like positions you got to get in position and then it's all about certain kinds of holds that you can do and these strategies and, and then the, the takedown you got to be able to take them down and then keep them down and have the leverage to keep them down until they, you know, the count happens and the points. All of that's happening here in this wrestling match between God and Jacob. It's all happening. But let me ask you this. Does Jacob have a chance? <laughs> so the second question is, have you ever wrestled with God? Sometimes we think that we started, but, but I was thinking about that this morning, and I, and I was awake in the middle of the night, kind of maybe wrestling, and I'm going like, I thought I was starting it, but then I realized that God wants to do something, and God initiates, and God gets this thing happening. Verse 25 When the man saw that he could not overpower him, in other words, that he wouldn't surrender, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Jacob would not surrender. He wouldn't say uncle. Where did that come from anyways? He would not surrender. And so God said, okay, you know, we can do this. Norman told me this. We can do this the easy way or the hard way, but we always choose the hard way, right? Why is that? Why can't why can't we choose the easy way? He, he would not surrender, so God said, "Okay, bam." Touch the hip of his socket so that he had to surrender. Pastor Chuck said it took the crippling to do it. Sometimes that happens to us. We we fight against God. We fight. We fight. We fight. We will not surrender, and God has to do something to say till we say, okay. 
I'll listen now. Verse 26 says, Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You know, I was thinking about this. It's really interesting. You know, he, he basically, he had surrendered because God zapped him. God crippled him. But after he was broken, and, he, and I believe he was broken, and sometimes we have to get to that place of being broken before God. And, and so, so often our own pride and our own you know, self-will keeps us from that place of being broken before God. Psalm 51, David was a broken man. At the very end of it, he says, you know, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise that's what God is looking for. But, 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 but I believe Jacob was broken at this point. But, it, but it's interesting, interesting. He says, the man says, let me go. And he says, I will not let you go. In other words, he was broken, but he held on with everything that he had to this man, to God. What a picture that is. You know, you and I were broken before God, but you know what? Hold on to him with everything that you have. That's what Jacob's doing. He held on to God with everything that he had. And they, and they wrestled all night. You know, I don't know why this happens usually at night. Isn't that true? You, don't, you know, you have these wrestling matches with God. They're most often in the middle of the night. Why is that? Maybe because it's just you and him and you're alone and your thoughts and your prayers and your mind and, and your whole life is just there, just you and him. It's quiet, no distractions from all the world. But Jacob was holding on at this point in time, but he had this tenacity and I think that's a good, but it was from this place of brokenness. He couldn't fight God anymore, but he could hold on. He couldn't fight. But he could hold on, David Guzik said. And he wanted the blessing of God. You know, he realized, I think, there that the blessing has got to come from God. The blessing in our lives. And, and it says in, in the book of James, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. The Father above, the Father of lights. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Because you are the only one who can bless me. Verse 27, the man asked him, I like this. The man asked him, what is your name? Heel catcher, he answered. What is your name, he said. Jacob, heel catcher. He kind of, I think, again, being in this place of brokenness, he faced up to what he was. This is, this is who I am. Jacob. Face up to God with, with who you are. Like, you and I have to do that. Be honest, because he already knows, as I've already said. But God has a plan. God has a purpose. God changes lives. Verse 28, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome he said, I've got a brand new name for you. And the New, new Testament the book of Revelation talks about a new name that we will also receive. But he had a new name for this man, a new, a new 
nature. He was going to make him into a new person. He didn't have to be heel catcher the rest of his life. And, and you and I can be changed by God. I've seen it. I've experienced it. There's still some of the old man left, though, isn't there? The truth of the matter is, Jacob was still called Jacob twice as often. Someone did the math on this. Twice as often as he was called Israel, there was still plenty of Jacob left in him. And, and that's true of us as well, isn't it? There's still plenty of the old man that wants to rise up and do its thing and, and, and be the old man. But you know what? If any man is in Christ, what? He's a new creation. The old is gone. It doesn't have to control us. It doesn't have to, to be uh, who we are. That's where holding on to God makes a difference. So he, he gets this new name, Israel, and that's where the nation gets its name from this man, Israel. He was called Israel, and then the, the 12 tribes of Israel and the, the nation of Israel. Israel is, is in the news right now, obviously, and, and you know what? I, there are no words to describe how bad this situation is. But God is still the Lord. And we have to trust Him. We need to do, we need to pray. Pray every day. Pray during the day. Pray for what is going on over there. You know what? It, it, isn't, just, it isn't just there. It's affecting us here in this country. It's affecting other nations. You see some of the things that are happening in Europe and and other places, the, 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 the nature of what is happening now, this is worldwide. But the Bible always points back to this nation of Israel and specifically to the city of Jerusalem. It's all going to keep your eyes on that. But Jesus said, you know, we, we, we see a lot of these things happening. We, we need to, to look up because our redemption is drawing near. Verse 29, Jacob says, please tell me your name. He's polite, at least. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him there. Why do you ask me my name? And in fact, I think it's because he already knew. Don't you already know what my name is? So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Again, we see this man that he was wrestling with was God himself. Now, some believe perhaps it was, was uh, uh, Jesus. They call it a, a Christophany when, when Jesus actually appears himself. Or a theophany is when God appears himself. Either one, it's God, right? But he says, he, you know, he says the name Peniel means face of God. So he says, I saw God face to face. Now, not totally, not completely, when Moses was, you know, he told God, I, wanna, I want to see your glory. I want to see, see you in all your glory. And, and God told him, he says, you can't see my face for no one may see me and live. And that's what he's talking about here. He says, I, I saw God face to face and I didn't die. But really, Moses only saw a part. And, and I believe Jacob, he saw a part but the most exciting thing in the New Testament, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, which is called what? The love chapter. In the middle of 1 Corinthians 13, it says this. 
Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, just a little bit, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We're going to see him face to face. We're going to understand. We're going to know. That's what we have to look forward to as believers in Jesus Christ. Verse 31, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. And therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. He had this scar, didn't he? He had this reminder of this encounter with God. Sometimes we have these scars, but, you know, they're all going to be healed when we get there. Chapter 33. Uh, Jacob, we're cutting in and out here for some reason. says that Jacob, uh, he meets up with Esau. And when he meets Esau, after all the fear and all this distress that he was going through and all this trouble, which in, in essence, though, forced him to go to God. But he, he got to Esau, and what did Esau do? He threw his arms around him, and he kissed him, and like, my long-lost brother, oh, I love you so much. And, and, and you go like, so what was up with all those fears that he had? Were those fears like unfounded fears? Or did God work it out and worked on his behalf and answered those prayers? Maybe both. We're going to look at one verse in chapter 33. Finally, verse 20, the last verse, says that Jacob, he set up an altar. And he called it what? El Elohei Israel. What does that mean? That means God, the God of Israel. Not the nation, because there was no nation yet, right? This is his God. Now he's saying, God, you are my God. Finally. Remember, he said, you know, if the Lord will do all these things, then the Lord will be my God. Well, guess what? The Lord did all those things. God took care of him. God provided. God brought him back to the land. God uh, gave him descendants. God is giving him the land. God did everything that God promised he will do, and his promises will never, ever, ever fail. A couple of quotes before we close. One says, Jacob had struggled all his life to prevail with Esau and with Laban, and now with God he must wrestle. But it was God who held his destiny in his hands. God, God is the one with whom we have to do. And this last one from David Guzik, he said, this is an invaluable place for everyone to come to where God conquers us. And Jacob thought the real enemy was outside of him, Esau. But the real enemy was his own carnal, fleshly nature, which had not been conquered by God. But I like this. When you battle with God, you only win by losing. You only win by losing. Surrender. You only win by surrender. Let's pray together, shall we?
just take a moment, quiet our hearts. Maybe, maybe you have to do some wrestling. Maybe, uh, maybe you have to do some confessing, talking to God about your life, your heart, your plans, who you are. We know that he loves you. The Bible declares he loves you. And he wants to work in your life. And he, he's the one who changes us. We don't change ourselves. We can't change ourselves, but he changes us. He was the one working in Jacob's life, and he wants to work in your life, my life. Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before you. We we confess that we are weak. That we blow it. That we've been on our own path, doing our own thing, and, and it's time to stop. Time to stop fighting against you and surrender and, and be broken. Father, may we remember that in, in the nights when we wrestle and we fight to, say that we give up, we give in, we surrender to you because you are God. You are God. Father, for some, it's not willing to take that first step, not willing to let Jesus be the Lord. Maybe that's you today and you realize you, you've, been, you've been fighting, you've been doing the Jacob thing for too many years, it's time for you to just to give up and and you can do that right here now and say, Jesus, I surrender. I ask you to come into my heart, to my life, and make me new today. Dear God, hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's stand and sing one song together, shall we?